It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Now, what is this? What do you mean, what is this? Oh, apparently I baseball we were do- season is back. I thought we were going to do this later. Okay. You didn't see the fall schedule? For- Everyone's excited. <laughs> Everyone's throwing their papers up in the air and celebrating. First it, <laughs> ben, first it was, uh, first it was uh, Aaron Judge, and now we've got the uh, playoffs beginning tomorrow, right? Yeah, apparently, yeah, apparently so. <sighs> Hot diggity damn. Although I will say this, the best play, the best baseball is playoff baseball, right? Yeah, kind of like I hockey, agree. the best hockey is playoff hockey. And yeah, just too many games in a regular season. Why watch? You, Why would I watch well, most of those? Well, it's it's an entertainment product, Ben. It's not uh, not meant to be lived and died on like uh, maybe it was 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago. Uh, but popular games a in year, the eighty-one games. Leave it at that. That's popular in the market. Well, that's all you get if you're in the market. You you know the teams at home. You get that many games to go watch them. Mm. But then no, you, you I just watch... want I just want 81 games in a season. Games mean more. Mm. Well, don't know about that. Um, we got uh, some comments. I would assume on uh, from the coordinators coming up in a little bit. Maybe Ben. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Jim Zoki will be on with us, and Brian Mull. Brian's coming. Now, Zoki obviously talking to the Panthers. Brian Mull is going to be talking. Uh, there's a movement to expand the NCAA tournament to include 25% of Division One teams. So you're talking about 90 teams in the NCAA tournament, possibly. So Brian Mull, who's uh, doing a lot of preseason writing right now for College Hoops, uh, will talk to us and give us his thoughts on that. Fair or foul on that, Ben? Uh, no. Uh, I'm going foul on that. Pilk, there's not. Pilk, the ref Pilky tip, by the way, is uh, in the hizzle. Uh, I'm something gonna, today. I'm going to go foul. I like that there are good teams that don't make it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, they're not that good. It's not like great teams yeah, are left I, out. I, I mean. can't think of like a great team that was a huge snub in NCAA tournament here recently. But no, but there's been decent teams. I mean, now you're practically letting everybody with a somewhat winning conference record in. Well, okay, there's mm. a difference between good, good and decent. Okay, you're right. There seems like there was probably some mid-major-ish kind of team that was left out that, well. Was it somebody anyway. from the American? No, no. Well, uh, there might have been. No, I don't know. They, uh, anyway. It's, there was the uh, one year St. Mary's in 2018 got left out because they that lost might in have the been... semifinals of the West Coast Conference Tournament. Yeah. Hey, that they deserve it. What are you doing? What are you doing losing the semifinals in the West Coast Conference? Will they lose to Gonzaga? Yeah. No, that was the thing. They would have played Gonzaga in the final, and they would have gotten Okay, in. yeah, so they deserve they not to, to be in it. Bum team. Yeah. Yeah, bums, well, bums don't belong. Back before the start of the baseball season, we picked a um, the who we thought would make the play, who we thought would win the division, and then who would be the three wild card teams. 
Ben, why don't you put center field on for this segment? Got to really lay it in. Really hammer it home. <laughs> um, you miss baseball season, don't you? You miss ECU baseball I'm ex- season. No, I've been well, baseball season's fine. I'm excited about um I'm excited about uh the playoffs starting. So I picked at the beginning of the year Houston, New York Yankees, and Cleveland to win my as my division winners. No, 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 you didn't no pick I got that Cleveland. wrong. I got, I got it, it pulled up. I got it pulled up. I'm looking so at the wrong. No, I'm looking now. at the wrong. I'm looking don't at be telling stories. Thing. I'm like Pilkington. I'm trying to cheat on this thing. All right. Now here's where here it is. I picked uh, Toronto, the White Sox, and the Astros. Yes. And my wild cards were the Yankees, Rays, and Angels in the AL. In the NL, I picked the Dodgers, Braves, and Brewers, and then the Cardinals, Padres, and Reds. Now, what was that last one again? The Reds, yeah. Wait, one more time. I, I couldn't hear the you. The Reds. Okay. After the first 25 games, they probably would have had a shot to make it if you just threw those first 25 out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they worked themselves in a hole they couldn't get out of, I guess. Ben picked the Braves, Brewers, Dodgers. And then in the wild card, he went Mets, Giants, and Padres. Look at you. Uh, and then AL, he went Yankees, White Sox, Houston. Wild card, Toronto, Boston, and the Rays. And then Philip the Ref, Pilkington. Went Mets, Dodgers, Brewers. A lot of Brewers love from our little pitching staff. Here. I think it was pitching staff. I think was it was. Yeah, good. I think we we bought it. Uh, Braves, Cardinals, Padres, and then uh, that was the wild card. Then he went uh, AL, Toronto, Houston, White Sox. Again, a lot of White Sox love too. Pitching staff get. again. Yeah, I think it was. And then uh, Astros, Twins, Twin Pit Hill. That's about as bad as the Reds. Twins. <laughs> And Yankees. Who did the Twins get? Carlos Correa or something? And you yeah. bought all into that? I guess so. Well, I bought the Reds. All right. So uh, let's say a full point if you got it correct and like a half point if you got it. They made the playoffs, but they, they made the you, playoffs, but you mispredicted where they were going to be. In other words, yep. you picked a division winner and they got the wild card or vice versa. Yep. Uh, ben won with eight. I finished with six. Philip finished with five and a half. What about the overall picks? Philip, how many did you get in the overall picks if we did that? I know I got eight teams right. Okay. They were just all out of whack and division right. and not. Because I only got six. No, I got seven right if you do the uh, do that. I got seven. How many did you get right, Ben? Well, my eight points were uh, all dead on. I never got any half points, so I got eight. Ah, I got you. I got you. So you and I would uh, seven. Okay. Uh, do we have the World Series picks on here, Ben? Do no. We have all that. I uh, I do remember. I didn't. I didn't pick a World Series team. I was never asked. So okay. Thanks for that. Appreciate that. Pilk, who did I pick then? I think you had the. Did you have the Blue Jays beating the Brewers? He did. He did. I think so. I went yeah. back and listened to what he did. He also had the Pirates as the uh, worst team in baseball, which wasn't a wasn't a bad pick. No, that wasn't a bad pick. Who was your worst team in baseball? Who was Pilks? I don't remember. Uh, I don't think did you Pilk say the ever... Cubs or something. Uh, no, I did not. Say no, that. he actually uh, he almost picked the Cubs in the wild card. Mm, that yeah. would have been smart. Yeah, I think I talked him and out you of that. Talked um, him down from that. Yep, I think I did. Yeah. So I got uh, all right. That was my world. Who was Pilks World Series? I don't remember Pilks. Pilk. I know Pilk? he had he had Brewers, and then he had. Uh, 
careful because Pilk will throw one in on you and make you make you think you I picked it. Prob- so, Ed might have had the Astros. He was uh, he was yeah. going to pick the Dodgers, but he said he hated the Dodgers, so he went with the Blue Jays. No, the Brewers because the Brewers and Dodgers are both in now. Okay, all right. And I think I I think I went. Ooh, I did go Blue Jays. No, that was Patrick went Blue Jays. I either went with the Strohs or the Yankees. See, that was the other thing that made this hard. He came up with nicknames. Yeah, he, and I don't he, know these baseball teams by their <laughs> their unofficial nicknames. So he's calling them like right. Brew Crew and the all these weird names. And I'm like, all right, who exactly are these people? <laughs> and then Bill the Bill hedges. The ref pit. Uh, the ref pit, you know, like hedges on everything. He's like, it's either going to be this, but it could be this if that happened. So that it's a little hard to follow. Yeah, we even joked about that sometimes. the next show. We were like, "Yeah, yeah. Philip had the most convoluted picks." I was like, "He probably it's went convoluted. like, well, this guy gets injured, and then if it's if it's raining in this game, hey, yeah. you know what? I got a bracket filled out for this this thing. Like you still out an NCAA tournament. Oh. I ain't going, I ain't going back and forth. Got my bracket. Mets all right. winning it all, dummy. Don't don't don't, don't waste your time for bracket. Mets who you got? It it, who you got winning it all? Uh, in B baby Byron Mets. Okay. I'm dead serious. The Mets are winning it all. Standed by your team. I respect that. Um, who do you have them playing in the World Series now? Then Ben B. Babe. Write this down, Pilk. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the Yankees. We need a Subway Series again. Baseball and needs that. Baseball wants need. that. Baseball wants last, that. Well, baseball may want it. It's the last thing we well, want. What baseball wants, they get. Look no further than Aaron Judge. <laughs> Seventh on the home, what, home run of season list, and you would have thought he broke the record. That's what baseball wants. Uh, Pilk, uh, who do you have? In, do you want to go through your whole bracket, Pilk, or just give it? Why don't you do that, Pilk, since you actually filled out a bracket? Took the time. You know, got right. respect for that. All yeah. right. So, wild card Makes round. wonder. But. I got the Blue Jays over the Mariners, Rays over the Ooh, Guardians. Oh, hate that pick. Uh, Mets over the Padres, and Cardinals over the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Moving along into the DS, got the Strohs and Yankees advancing in the American League. Got the Dodgers. Hang on, hang on. Ben, I see what you're saying. He nicknames and throws out vernacular for everything. Okay. Go ahead. I yeah. have the Houston Astros yes. defeating <laughs> the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> okay, what else you got? All right, and then I got the Yankees beating the Rays. I got the Dodgers over the Mets and the Braves over the Cardinals. Yeah, there we and go. And then going to the World Series, I have my all my worst nightmares coming true of watching mm-hmm. the Dodgers play the Yankees in the World Series. That's where I will cringe at every pitch. That's no fun. And that's... I have the Dodgers winning. You know what? I'm taking it back. I got Mariners Mets. Okay. Mariners Mets. Write that down, Pilk. Write down yours. Uh, I'll go uh, Dodgers Houston. You got the Dodgers winning that, Patrick? No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. On, yeah. Guys. I'll take them winning it. I got not? the Bronx Bombers over the Brew Crew and the. <laughs> Shut up, Ben. <laughs> the Colt 45. I got the Halos and the. <laughs> uh, the Rays. The Shoeless yeah. Jacksons and the. All right. Pilk, are you good? I haven't seen you in a while. You all right? Yeah, I'm pretty good. How about you? Okay. Uh, you know, end of the week. I got the Pinstripe Pikemen taking it all. Can we turn this guy's mic off? <laughs> but I do want to confirm because I did write them all down. Yeah, so write they're actually down the written world. down. I've right. got Ben picking the Mets over the Mariners. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Philip taking the Dodgers over the Yankees, and Patrick taking the Dodgers over the Astros. Yeah, okay. Ben, you can you can kill the song now. That's, that's okay, okay, thank you, thank you, though. thank you. Yep, yep. Like how you had it on repeat there. All right, uh, so there you go. There's our World Series picks. What about uh, the? Um, 
Well, we've already given the picks. It would not make sense to work backwards. And Pilk even gave, laid it all out for you. So, very good. All right, Pilk, thank you. I know you got other things to do, Pilk, tonight. So Appreciate you having me on. No, no, thanks for, for doing it. You were there at the beginning of the year. So, we needed to... Needed yeah, to, uh, he gave his picks before anybody else. So. No, he did. He did. Pilk, uh, Pilk likes that sort of thing. He does. He's a big stats guy. He's a big, I don't know, I don't know, a predictions guy. Yeah, He, he likes Pilk everything did. on paper. Pilk did great there. All right, um, let us break because we uh, do have some cuts to get to from uh, yesterday. And uh, we'll hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick. We'll hear from Blake Harrell. And then we'll get uh, you ready with uh, what's going to go on this weekend with the Panthers. We'll talk with uh, our guy, uh, Jim Zoki in a bit. Uh, right after this timeout, we'll come back, have a pirate report for you here on 94.3 The Game. Johnson Show is coming up. On your flagship home of pirate football. 94.3 The Game. 94.3 The Game is your ECU flagship station. Your ECU Pirates travel to Tulane this Saturday. And you can catch all the action right here on the ECU Sports Radio Network. To the end zone, touchdown! Every snap, sack, and score. Brought to you by our pirate partners, TeamBoneyard.org, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and Caribsy Restaurant. It's picked off! We are the Pirates of ECU, and we are your home for pirate football. 94.3 The Game. Get the latest on the East Carolina Pirates each day on the Patrick Johnson Show with our daily Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Okay, uh, well, we'll start with Donnie Kirkpatrick as the Pirate Coordinators uh, addressed the media yesterday. And uh, this is uh, Donnie K talking about the two-lane defense that has been uh, mighty, mighty good. They put, uh, obviously, a couple guys in the uh, NFL on the first round up front a couple years ago. Uh, were banged up last year and uh, have bounced back this season in one of the top defenses in the country. You know, they had been a really good defense program the year before. They had two defensive ends got went in the draft. And I know we had a hard time blocking them that, that year, too. Uh, last year, injuries had, had really, you know, put them in a bad situation. And they didn't have a great year defensively, probably statistically or, you know, realistically either. But that ain't the truth. There's nothing true about that this year. They are, what, the number one pass defense in the nation. Okay? 126 yards a game is what they're giving up passing. That ain't much. Uh, I think they're number nine in defense, total defense overall. So they, they, it's the same defense, but they're using different versions of it. It's uh, last year a lot more man coverage, and now a lot more zone coverages. Very exotic in the secondary. Tons of coverages, lots of looks, lots of disguises. Uh, that's why they're playing so well past defense. And, and they've got good – they're exceptional at linebacker, okay, Two linebackers can run, can hit. They're nasty. The Really the third linebacker, which I'd say is a nickel, he used to be the safety, is a great player too. All right, Donnie Kirkpatrick there. This is uh, DK on how Tulane wants to stop Holton and how the Pirates plan to overcome it. 
It's what you do to a good quarterback. You know, that's that's what all good defenses do is you try to confuse the quarterback and get him out of his rhythm because and, and, when he knows what they're, they're in and where he can go with the ball quickly, you're going to throw it better and you're going to play better. So it's just a matter of, of knowing the offense, which I feel great Holt knows the offense. What are the reads? You know, how to read coverage. Know what the keys are. No matter what you do defensively, and it's the same offensively, you're going to have some tips. There's some things that, that you do that are just okay. I mean, you, you hear our defensive guys from the back and the tight end on the same side or this alignment, they see a cut split. Okay, you're tipping that off because we've studied film. And you do the same thing, you know, studying the defense. So there are some keys. They do a great job of trying to not let you find them, but hopefully Holton it will be ready by Saturday. And then, again, whoever's next, like Mason, they, they got to be prepared because you're always one snap away. You know, from that guy being in there too. So, uh, I think I, I think we will be ready. You know, that's why we practice hard all week. But yeah, they they've got some good stuff in now. I think somebody left a minute off the timer there, and I, I so it was thirty eight seconds there. All right, uh, Kamaro Edmonds, who played at Havelock, transferred in after going to UNC. Uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick says that he is ready and energized to play. I thought he's had more energy. You know, I thought yesterday in a competitive drill we had against our defense that, you know, he was lowering his pads a little bit. It wasn't a tackle drill. It was a thud drill. But now our thud's pretty pretty, pretty live, and he put a little extra into it, and we were like, okay. And, and you know, everybody is told that. Next man up, you never know you're going to play. But I guess until you can really see the end of the line and say, well, I can really get to that position, it, it is really hard to probably think, am I going to get in there? And then sometimes you get excited and then you don't get in. You get disappointed. And how many times can you do that before you think, well, it's never going to happen? But I think right now he, he knows it's a pretty realistic chance that he's going to be in the game getting that, that carry or that first block or whatever it may be. So uh, there's a reason we brought him here. There's a reason he came here. It's for, it's for this situation. Ryan Jones is being utilized in different ways, and uh, Coach Donnie Kay talked about that. He's a matchup nightmare, I think, for, for defenses because is he a tight end? Is he a wide receiver? You know, he's a little bit of a running back. You know what I'm saying? He, he's a lot of different things. So we're in a good situation, and then I think we have a lot of different guys that we can go to. You know, Jalen uh, Johnson got off to a really good start in the first quarter. He had three catches in the first quarter, and I thought he had made a couple of really nice third-down conversion plays. And then his, his back tightened up, which he's had some issues with that. We knew going in, he had not practiced very much. So you think, wow, you just lose your starting Z. Well, luckily we had prepared CJ to move to the Z position because Ryan then could play all the H, you know, can do more things. So you're always piecing that together. Now there's a limit to how much they can all do and how much they can remember and learn, how many different positions can you play. But they've done a good job with it so far. And we're very fortunate we got different guys to go to. But Ryan's definitely one of those guys. I think you're right. We, you know, what you call sometimes gets dictated by the way the game goes. Uh, uh, we're continuing on with our pirate report here. Donnie Kirkpatrick uh, talked about the difference in seeing uh, man and zone. Cut eight. You're really running the same plays. But there's different adjustments. You know, when you're in man coverage, there's different reads. So, you know, when you come up and they're in three deep, the read might be to throw it over here. 
and it's man coverage, it's, it's to throw it over here because certain routes are man routes, certain routes are zone routes, and you build your whole you know passing game like that. So we'll, we'll run the same plays, but it may, it'll probably go to a different player, you know what I'm saying, because of that. But, you know, that's what you see. You, you see different defenses each week. And, you know, I, I guess in a way it's the fun part because that's, you know, that's the challenge in it. But it is the tough part because you've got to be in a different mindset, you know. Last week they came up, pressed us. That makes it easy, really. It makes it easy as a play caller. It makes it easy for the quarterback. It's not much decision about I got this guy one-on-one, throw it, he beats him. I make a good throw, we win. He doesn't beat him, I don't make a good throw, we don't win on that play. All right, uh, there we go. There Now uh, Blake Harrell, uh, preparing for every possible quarterback that Tulane could see. Uh, we are told Michael Pratt will play, but coaches tell you things. Uh, here's Blake Harrell. Yeah, you you always uh, prepare for you know any possible situations. Obviously, we're prepared for Pratt and ex- fully expect him to play. And um, we've seen a lot of Michael Pratt for the last two years, and he's a really good football player, really good job at quarterback. But uh, beyond that, every, each and every week, you want to prepare for the number two, number three, and how that could change up the game plan, uh, what they might do, what we might do in those situations, how that could you know variate their offense. And you should get to see that a little bit last week with Houston game. You know what maybe they didn't do with you know uh, the number two guy or number three guy, and what they did do with Pratt, and uh, maybe they put more on his shoulders, but. Um, I think Michael Pratt will be there. I mean, he's, he's a competitor. I think we've all seen that the last two years. That that's one of the things that sticks out to all of us is that he's a tough guy and uh, he's going to compete. And he's going to be, you know, he's taken a lot of hits over the last couple of years, um, and he still gets up and keeps going at it like he never got hit. So I fully expect him to be there. All right, and uh, Coach Harrell on facing a uh, really quality running back in uh, Ty J Spears. Ty J Spears is a really good player. I mean, he's the real deal and. Uh, he does it all for him, you know. Blocks in the backfield, runs a stretch play, gets out and catches the ball, you know, out of the backfield. Just a kid that's a lot of fun to watch unless you're preparing for him. And then when you're preparing for him, you got your hands full with him. Uh, we got to make sure we know where he's at. We got to do a great job tackling him. Uh, maybe not as big as some of the backs that we've seen. You know, he's listed at 195, but he plays like he's 210. He'll run through you, around you, and pass you in a hurry. So. Um, I, I think he's a really good football player. You know, Cameron Carroll's the kid we saw a lot last year in the last two years and was a little bit bigger. He, he's, he got banged up maybe in the first game. Uh, might be back, I don't know. But, but Taji Spears has, has certainly been the workhorse for him and kind of, you know, led him on a, a good good run so far and, and uh, has done a really good job there in the backfield. And, you know, that's they're probably about – I think they're averaging 160 yards per game on the, on the ground. And uh, that's probably who they want to be first right now as far as from the head coach down. And, um, he leads that. And they got a rotation back there, but, but Taji is certainly the guy. All right, a couple more for Blake Harrell here. He talked about the goal line stands that the Pirates have made this season and the mentality of uh, stopping the offense when you get down in that area. Yeah, I got a text about that the other day. I said, you know, the goal line stands are awesome, but I wish we could let them down there. Um, you know, but that's, that's a little bit of the mentality. You know, we get backs against the wall. We got to come out and knock it back. And uh, we've done a really good job of just, hey, Forgetting about the last snap, what happened, how they got down there, whatever the situation was, and, and bowing our backs a little bit. And, and um, you know, guys have just done a good job of competing down there. So it's keeping them out of the end zone, taking pride of it. And I think it's, you know, happening four or five times. You know, the goal now is not letting them down there. So we'll see about that. All right. And uh, coach talking about practice situations uh, on defense, good on good, that sort of thing. 
Now, you, you practice situations each, each and every week, whether it be goal line, whether it be red zone, whether it be third down, coming out. You probably try to put them in all the situations they could get in a ball game. Um, and even going back to preseason camp, we, we practice that against our offense. So, And you, you change up what you're going to call down there defensively, maybe the mindset defensively of how they play the game. So you put them in those situations so they feel comfortable with it. I think Coach Houston hit the team today is you don't rise to the occasion, you fall to your training. And that's kind of where those guys are. They've, they've trained for those situations. They're prepared for those situations, and they go out and do it. You know, they've done a great job. The players have doing that. Our coverage begins uh, coming up on Saturday at noon. little uh, version of Pirate Game Day Countdown leading into Pirate Game Day Countdown for uh, Bush Light at 1230. Terrence Copper and myself will uh, have that one for you. So uh, looking forward to uh, that on Saturday. And then 2.30 uh, on the network, 3.30 kick. We'll have you covered uh, right here, so uh, do stay with us. Okay, uh, we will uh, get Jim Zoki on the line. Uh, also, Brian Mall still to come right now. Ben Byram with a 94-3 The Game sports update. Thanks, Patrick. As you heard from ECU football, the coordinator spoke last night to the media. Vandy Kirkpatrick is excited for Marlon Gunn to finally get an opportunity and is excited about his upcoming workload in this game against Tulane down in New Orleans this Saturday at 3.30. Marlon is obviously extremely excited about returning back to the state of Louisiana. I think he's had this game marked you know, on his calendar since we recruited him. And uh, I had, had jokingly had talked with him a little bit the week before about, you know, hey, don't wait all the way to we play Tulane. You know, it's, well, we get, get a couple things going here before, so we'll have even more confidence and get you more playing time. Blake Hare also speaking to the media. He talked about facing a true passing quarterback for the first time in a while. Pirates have had to deal with some dual threats, some mobile quarterbacks here in the past. Michael Pratt or Horton? Who's going to be the quarterback? Either way, you're facing a true passer. Just conference-wise, in the last couple of games, he's certainly a true passer. And, you know, I think he was at the Man and Passing Academy camp, wherever it was this summer, with Holton and those guys. And, um, you know, he, he is he's a special special talent, special arm talent, makes really good decisions. And, uh, you know, can throw it down the field, make any throw on the field he wants. Um, they beat Kansas State this year with him. Should have beat Oklahoma last year with him. And uh, beyond that, not just, you know, his arm talent, um, he, he's a tough kid that they can run the football with. And they had a quarterback run game. Uh, you don't know if they'll limit that, you know, with an injury or not. But, you know, I think what he heard us in the past couple of years is he'll pull the ball down, scramble with it, and pick up the first down. And he's certainly capable of doing that. High praise for Tulane quarterback Michael Pratt. We'll see if he will play Saturday. Willie Fritz seems to think so. We still don't know. In the meantime, be sure to tune in for live pregame coverage at 1230 with our Bushlight Park Game Day countdown Saturday with our very own Patrick Johnson and ECU football legend Terrence Copper leading you into network coverage at 330 between ECU and Tulane. ECU baseball released their fall schedule on October 23rd. They'll play at Clemson for a time to be announced on October 29th at Clark LeClaire Stadium. They'll play Virginia at noon. November 4th, they'll do their perfect Purple Gold World Series game all the way through the 6th. Those times and start times are yet to be announced. In the American Athletic Conference matchup that lasted nearly three hours, East Carolina held off Temple in volleyball 3-2 Wednesday evening inside McConaughey Hall. And Hales Alderete came alive in the latter stages of the match. Time for the squad lead of 11 kills. Shaylin Hall also put down 11 kills with no errors on 20 attempts. They hit a sizzling 
550 off the back row. Kenzie Beckham exploded for a career-high 32 digs, marking the first 30-dig outing for the program since Brandy Markwith notched 31 in 2019. Parts back home on Sunday against Cincinnati. Wrapping up the Panthers, Frankie Louvu, linebacker, playing more snaps than ever this year. But he's in a red jersey at practice earlier today. Was held out because of a shoulder injury. Jeremy Chen has been placed on IR. A couple other notable inactives in today's practice. Safety Xavier Woods, wide receiver LaVisca Chenault Jr. Cornerback Stantley Thomas Oliver III. And tight end Steven Sullivan. Christian McCaffrey has been removed from the injury report. And linebacker Shaq Thompson and Marquise Haynes were full participants in this week's practice after being limited in days previous. That's going to do it for your 94th of the game sports update. I'm Ben Byron, Panthers Radio Network's Jim Zoki. On the other side of this quick timeout here with Patrick Johnson here on 94th of the game. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Basketball, 94.3 The Game. Greenville's number one sports show is back. Understand? Yeah, I understand. No, lady. Yeah, I'm ready. It's the Patrick Johnson Show on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Other than maybe the result of the game, it's good to be Jim Zoki because uh, Zoke is, uh, as I understand it, rubbing elbows with uh, celebrities and high rollers. Uh, Jim Zoki is with us here, WBT Hall of Famer. That's how you get there, folks. Uh, he joins us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. We have tried our best to tarnish your Hall of Fame reputation on the program, and you rise above it, Jim. Kudos. I don't know about that, but uh, here I am for another week. Always great to be on with you. <laughs> so uh, the the big hint, Henry Hinton. What a week last week for him. We, uh, his station, WTIB, that the Panthers are on, our sister station. Station of the year by the North Carolina Broadcasters Association. What? Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Good for I did. I did not know that. I would have. I, I did not yeah. know that. I knew Mick Mixon was honored as one of the broadcasters in their Hall of Fame. Uh, because Jim Hebner emailed me asking for some anecdotes from uh, the Charlotte yeah. years, uh, but I did not know about uh, you guys. That's, that's, that's great news for Henry. So you can feel free to throw that in if you do one of those local station mentions they do sometimes yeah. on the network. Feel free. Hi, I'm Jim Zoki. When I'm in Greenville, I only listen to Henry Hip and Patrick Johnson on WTIB. Yeah, station of the year. There you go. Hope you recorded that. That was my shot at it. We'll make sure we get we pull the tape on it. Um. Of course, Panthers will be on 3 o'clock uh, on WTIB this uh, Sunday. Jim Zoki is with us here. We Look, it, it's too painful to talk all about the Panthers, so I want to hear about the life and times of Zoke and the Big Hen. You got you were in the QC Kinetic Suite, of course, great sponsor with our company and this show like they are uh, with uh, the Panthers and out in uh, Charlotte. So just a good time was had by all. And you and the Big Hen and Emmett Smith, that is the new power trio, I think, in, in the nation. Well, the big news is I got to spend some time uh, on Sunday during that Cardinals game with the GOAT and with Emmett Smith. So I was there with, with Henry Hinton yeah. and NFL all-time leading rusher Emmett Smith was there for some reason. And uh, he was there uh, for QC Kinetics in town to uh, Charlotte to do some uh, commercial tapings. And I know you guys do commercials. I do commercials here. And we all Emmett's a great guy, by the way. If, I've met and done a lot of uh, events with 
Pro Football Hall of Famers, and Emmett was just about as affable and down to earth of a person. And Henry will vouch for that, as you can imagine, just uh, it's very much just there shaking hands, talking with everybody. Um, very cool. So, and Henry, of course, now with the new hardware, which I wasn't aware of, also I thought was very much uh, relatable to the common folks. That very well. <laughs> uh, Mick, Mick, I actually went to the banquet uh, last Wednesday, and Mick was great. Mick was funny. We we got a ch- in fact. I'll, I'll, I've sent you the one picture. I'll send you the picture of uh, Mick and myself. Uh, Mick was awesome. Oh, the goat, the goat with Mick. So I got two yeah. Goats. Listen to you. Listen to you. Uh, but go. But Mick was just fabulous and so funny. And I remember his last appearance on the morning show. He was great then. So I mean, well, he's a Hall of Famer, so of course I know. But I mean, funny, great. You know, kind of letting it hang out a little bit, great. And uh, so I, I like that version of Mick, the kind of funny Mick, the storytelling funny Mick. That was he. He was. Great. Oh no no he's. He's a great storyteller, and uh, he's somebody that uh, that everyone should hear speak in person. And if you want to book him uh, for your kids' birthday parties, uh, wedding <laughs> events, high school reunions, Mick is more than available in his retirement home. He is living the life on the farm, Zoke. He's on the farm living the life. He told me all about it. Well, he was it. at the Panther. He also was at the Panther game Sunday because at halftime we had the Sam Mills yeah. uh, keep pounding game, and there was a ceremony at halftime where uh, Mick was at the podium on the 50-yard line, and uh, he came by the booth, and we did a little five minutes on the air, and looked across at him. It was like going, man, it's like like you like you left one Sunday, and now it's another Sunday. It's like with a week in between, it didn't feel like time had passed by. It's in his familiar trench coat with his ball cap and sneakers and all that. He dresses odd, but uh, we love Mick Mixon. It was great to see him. <laughs> uh, we had a we had a couple nice exchanges at the uh, reception before uh, the uh, the actual dinner where we went, and he was he was he was very funny uh, last week in uh, Raleigh at the Angus Barn Pavilion, which was uh, very cool. If ever in Raleigh, uh, Jim, go go Angus Barn. There's a lot of other great places, but just uh, that's okay. yeah, just keep that in mind. And if it's the I've heard t- that. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. I've uh, heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah, the great Jim Zoki, no slouch himself, ladies and gentlemen, a Hall of Famer in his own right, is uh, with us here. A priceless guy, as Harry Carey once said of Bill Murray. Um, <laughs> let me let me ask you this, Zoke, because we have to talk about the Panthers, and and uh, it's a little painful to do to do so right now. Um, what what's the what's the internal temperature on Baker Mayfield right now? Well, I think, you know, Baker spoke yesterday and I was there for the, the practice sessions <laughs> yes. and all that stuff. Yes, I do know. He spoke. Yep, Baker spoke yesterday. And so, um, you know, he's been asked about the batted passes and all this stuff to the point where now it's like he's, he's repeating himself. And I think, you know, they just need to go out. I think Matt Rule said it before they beat the Saints two weeks ago. We just need to win a game. And it's kind of like what happened last week undid right. <laughs> the good feelings of the Saints win. Uh, because they were down 26 to 10 and ended up losing by 10 points to Arizona, 26 to 16, and now you've got what is the last ranked offense in the league, 32 with Baker Mayfield at the helm, getting ready to face the number one defense in the league, number one in yards, number one in points, fewest of both, uh, all across the board. They're, they're just very good in the 49ers, and so you know they're talking. You know, Baker's talking about that. Obviously, yesterday the challenge just comes up, but. You know, they just have issues in the passing game for the most part. I mean, and that's not going to be any easier against number one defense, but they got to they got to figure it out because guess what? They got the Rams on the road and Tampa yeah. Bay coming in the next week after that. So they got to they also they got to figure it out. That defense is playing good. Special teams is playing good. Uh, when they commit to the run with Christian McCaffrey, that can be good. The missing ingredient has been the 
the passing game and even in the game they won. So they, they've got to figure all that out. And some of that's the quarterback. Probably you have to, if you're prioritizing, you think that's probably you know, the first thing you would say is quarterback. Right. You know, the receivers, offensive line, you know, the game plan, all that stuff. Ben Matthews was speaking today. I was watching some of that. He said, I was brought in for a reason to help the offense, and it's not, not happened so far. So, I mean, everybody's on the right. hot seat as far as getting the offense going the right way. Well, Jim Zoki, Panthers Radio Network with us uh, here. I get the batted balls and maybe the, the decision-making and the turnovers firmly on Baker, and, and, and rightfully so. But his receivers – have not done him a ton of favors either. Some of that is his best receivers, McCaffrey. The best receivers, I mean, the best touchdown reception was McCaffrey's touchdown reception. Yeah, but again, I can't put it on the receivers either. I mean, you see, you see with your eyeballs, you see the the overthrows, and, and some of that can be route depth and uh, he's expecting something but sometimes you see him throw an open target and he's just missing it right so yeah. i mean it's it, it, it and baker was asked yesterday is it is it uh is it fair that most of the blame universally is placed on the quarterback when offenses aren't going good he said yes that's totally fair mm. so i mean he owns it and uh, he knows there are things he has to do but there are again yeah there are things that the pass blocking that can help with and creating passing lanes where you can see easier there are things the receivers can do to make themselves, you know, more available, run the right routes and those kind of things. You know, that's just harder for us to diagnose because we're not in the film. Room. Right. We, yeah. we don't know yeah. exactly at what depth that route was supposed to be run at. But again, we're watching every other team. And, you know, for us, it seems like a lot of moving pieces to complete uh, a moderately uh, downfield pass. Anything more than a check down, as you were saying to McCaffrey, which there were nine catches, 81 yards for him. Yeah. Uh, but they do have to be a lot more accurate and consistent as a group uh, with, the, the again, the intermediate stuff and the deep throws. Jeremy Chin uh, placed on the IR, so at least four weeks without him uh, being back. Uh, he's been the top tackler, for better or for worse. Uh, and that obviously, you know, is, is a blow to a defense that, as you say, has, has played fairly well. I mean, the, the defense is... Has done quite a lot, I think. They have, and I think, you know, and their numbers suffer a little bit because they're left on the field so much because, of the, again, last week the offense, because it's complimentary football, right, 20% on third downs, so they're doing a lot of three and outs. And, uh, and now the defense is out there for uh, 17 minutes longer than the other defense is out there for. And, again, some of that's on them, too. They can create three and outs and do the same thing right back to the other team. But um, I thought, again, two weeks in a row they scored a touchdown on defense. At halftime, it was 10 to 3, and the Panthers had a pick six, and Eddie Pinero's career long 54 yard field goal. I mean, it's just like special teams and defense. Uh, so, that, again, I think the defense plays well, but then they wear down as the game goes on. Yeah. It's harder to get a pass rush and things like that. But, um, again, they're good. And luckily, as, as much as Chin's a great player, they do have depth there they can bring. Yeah. Uh, from your neck of the woods, mentioning Raleigh, Justin Burris off the practice squad, that's something they can do. Uh, and probably will do. Uh, they've got other guys uh, that have been around this team, like Sean Chandler, that could be, you know, doing more and help out with uh, what they're doing at the safety position. So I think by and large they'll be. They've got some depth there where they can they could be okay. You don't like to lose Jeremy Chin, but at least that's probably their strongest position group on the team is defensive secondary. As far as intangibles, I mean, he's kind of uh, uh, looked to as a, a leader, but also I guess kind of an energy guy from from what I understand. Reading some comments yesterday. Yeah, for Brian Burns. Says, he says one of his energy guys is by is uh, is Jeremy Chin for Brian Burns. But uh, again, they, I mean, injuries happen. Seventeen game regular season schedule. Um, you can live with four. You know, one of these guys for the season that are important. So they'll they'll get by and they'll bring it together. So the defense as a whole, 
is playing well. So I think, you know, again, it, it hurts to lose a quality player, but uh, they can survive that one for a few weeks. We got Jim Zoki uh, with us here on uh, the Patrick Johnson Show, 94.3 The Game. Zoke uh, and the Panthers Radio Network, 3 o'clock on Sunday on our sister station, Talk 103.7 WTIB, the NCAB station of the year. Uh, let That's me, what I heard. Yes. L- let me ask you uh, this. Uh, with Matt Rule, how much – you know, pressure is there on Matt Rule right now in your estimation? I mean, the the talking heads are the ones doing the talking. Um, you know, however people feel about the situation, the owner has not spoken or given a warning shot or a vote of confidence or anything. So uh, we'll see. I mean, it's a, it's a pass-fail league. And um, you know, so if they're building something here, I think they'll they'll continue down that path if they feel like, you know, they're just flatlining and they're not building something here than they want. Again, there are categories of the team that are playing well. Uh, they've got to fix uh, that offense. And, you know, so I think, you know, Coach Rule, to his credit, always says it begins with him and then it goes down to Ben McAdoo and then it goes down to Baker and the O-line receivers, but it starts with him. Uh, so they know that. And, uh, you know, he's the overseer of what's going on with everything. So to some degree, you're uh, and to a large degree, honestly, you're, you're accountable for every department of what goes on with the team. But you know, they really got to figure out why is the passing game not working, and uh, you know, and he's got to be part of that film room and what's going on to make that a priority. So, um, yeah, it's obviously a team that if you're not playing well, you're one and three. If things continue in that direction, uh, then I'm, I'm sure there'll be even more chatter and, and a possibility of a move being made. But I don't think that's imminent. I don't think that's like coming. Like right now, so uh, I think their plan right now is to try to fix it and, and get it going the right way. Kyle Shanahan was real complimentary of the uh, Panthers uh, this week, uh, and uh, you know the Niners, as you say, defensively are just uh, airtight right now. And I, I've always, you know, thought Jimmy G, uh, not great, but he wins and he doesn't generally screw up. Um, so I mean, it's, it's kind of like. 49ers teams that have gone deep into the playoffs of the past here, the recent past, with what they're bringing into yeah. to town Sunday. Yeah, you know, you know Debo Samuel's the guy that stands uh-huh. out on their offense, yeah. former Gamecock, and he had a huge play on Monday Night Football, bursting off that 67-yard touchdown. So he's the one that can be the, the quick six, game-changing kind of guy. And and Garoppolo's okay, um, and but that's, you know, it was very similar there to kind of how Cleveland felt about Baker Mayfield. Like, they felt like they we got a good team, but maybe not the best quarterback, and they thought, all right, maybe you know Trey Lance will be that guy. He gets hurt right away, and they, but, you know, brought Garoppolo back honestly because he ended up not going any. No one made a good enough offer to make him go somewhere else. He's in the last year of a contract. He can run. Um, he can be okay and not lose games for you. It's just he's like one of those high floor as opposed to high ceiling guys. So you yeah. kind of know what you're getting with Garoppolo. And so I mean, he's a veteran, knows the offense because he's been in it. Kyle Shanahan runs a very complicated offense. There's a lot to be said for having a guy that knows it. And as a lot of people said, as far as this year goes, they've probably got a much better chance to win and be successful overall, especially on offense, with Garoppolo and not Lance, because Lance was going to be in a, a learning, grooming situation, and they were hoping he would figure it out, have a higher ceiling uh, than Garoppolo. But as far as win now, I mean, Garoppolo should be that guy for them. And their record's only 2-2, two and two, but that defense is outstanding. If uh, Garoppolo and the offense can put up few points every game. I mean, they're going to win a lot of games and it'd be tough to beat. Do you foresee any moves in the trade deadline? There was the report yesterday that came out rather publicly about, uh, you know, McCaffrey could get moved. Do you see that uh, or anything else as a possibility? 
No, I don't see that, and I didn't give that report any credence. And it was shot down almost as immediately as the Sam Darnold in August at training camp went up to the Spartanburg. I forget which team it was. Right. And so I was sitting there, and people asking Sam, hey, did they tell you that you might be traded? Like, um, sort of, not really. And then half an hour later, it was all defunct anyway. So, internet trade rumors, right? So I think, um, you know, McCaffrey wants to be here. He's, you know, he's the centerpiece of all that they're doing here. So I don't anticipate that or any other kind of move. I mean, they've, they've moved a lot of future draft picks last year and this year. So I don't think they're really in a trade position right now. And I think DJ Moore's name has been brought up in the yeah. past as far as internet trade rumors. But I really I don't see any of that happening at this point. Uh, Jim Zoki with us uh, here, Panthers and 49ers, coming up uh, this week here at uh, 3 o'clock on uh, the Panthers Radio Network, including Talk 103.7 WTIB. Hey, Jim, thanks a lot. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Patrick. There he goes, Jim Zoki. Uh, we'll be back to wrap everything up. Uh, I don't think we're going to get to Mole today, so we might move him over to tomorrow. We'll tell you about tomorrow's show. And uh, wrap uh, up today's after this time out. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. And now... The stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Uh, Rose football tomorrow night. Uh, we'll have it for you beginning at 6.50 as the Rose Rampants will uh, take on Conley from uh, Percy Daniels Stadium. We will have... Uh, Our team covered it for you. You can listen to it right here, the uh, Crosstown Throwdown uh, with uh, Croft Massey RV. I guess a little scooter thrown in for good measure, right? Uh, so they'll have that uh, going, and uh, that'll be uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk to Will Bland, head coach of the Rose Rampants, about the game tomorrow. Also, we'll be joined by Doug Martin. He'll join us to uh, break down some college football action this weekend and get his uh, spin on Tulane and uh, EC or Tulane hosting EC or ECU visiting Tulane more appropriately. Uh, let me see. Anything else uh, here? Thanks to Philip Pilkington today. Uh, also for uh, Jim Zoki for appearing on the program yet again. And uh, that's, that's all I got really, Ben. Any, anything of note, Ben, that I've missed out there in the world of sport today? Uh, well, did you hear that Aaron Judge is seventh on the home run <laughs> list in a season? Apparently, that's a big deal. <laughs> oh, Ben. Oh, Ben. Over well, under five wins for the Panthers this year. Well, I, I don't see him winning another game the rest of the month, if that's what you're... I'm going under. I, I, you know, I'd have to look at the schedule. I, I, I think they... If they lose tough. the next... Yeah, next three, what would they be at the end of the month? That would be if they win the next three. No, no, if they if they lose, which you're going to do the next three. What well, would then they'll be, be one in one in seven, right? I think at that point we say goodbye. One in one in six. One in six. Yeah, we, I think at that point we're getting close to saying goodbye if we don't say goodbye. Yeah, that's, when that's when people are calling for my... Sam Darnold and they think the answer's on the roster, that's that's an issue. Well, look, 
you know, it's desperate times right now there. Uh, I just I don't think it's a good deal myself. Relocate you know I mean? the team. Send them to London. No, <laughs> stop. London silly nannies. Oh. All right, Ben. Good job today, buddy. Good to hear uh, from we'll, you. Yeah, isn't Wrap it though? Up tomorrow. All right. We will. A whole week. Eh. Yeah. How I feel about that. No, it's great. It's great. Um, We'll be back tomorrow. Exciting things uh, for you on a Football Friday edition. So stay with us for that tomorrow as we'll lead you into coverage of uh, the Rampants and Vikings. Have a good rest of your evening. is your ECU flagship station. Your ECU Pirates travel to Tulane this Saturday, and you can catch all the action right here on the ECU Sports Radio Network. To the end zone, touchdown! Every snap, sack, and score. Brought to you by our pirate partners, TeamBoneyard.org, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and Caribsy Restaurant. Off. We are the Pirates of ECU, and we are your home for pirate football. 94.3 The Game.